Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. I remember that day so vividly. I remember the day this man entered into my story and changed my story forever. I remember it was really hot that day as the sun beat down on me as I made my way to Jacob's well. As I was making my way to Jacob's well, I saw this man in the distance approach me. As I was drawing water, he asked me for a drink. But didn't he know I was a Samaritan woman and he was a Jewish man? He wasn't supposed to be asking me for a drink. That's not how it worked back then. And yet he said, would you give me a drink of water? And I said, how? How can you talk to me, a Samaritan woman? And he said, if you only knew who was asking you for a drink, you would have asked me for living water. You would have asked me for living water. And this man, you know, seemed to be breaking all the rules, but I was shocked by his vulnerability. I was polite, and I said, Sir, you don't have a cup, and the well is deep. You have nothing to draw water with. And the man says, Everyone who drinks this water, and kind of seemed to be pointing at Jacob's well, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I give you, you will no longer thirst. Because the water I give you will be like a spring welling up to eternal life. I was curious. And I was tired. And so I said, sir, Give me this water. Where can I find this water? And you know what this man said to me? Again, I was shocked by his vulnerability. He said, go call your husband and come back. I remember that day so vividly. I said, as I stumbled over my words, I, I, I don't have a husband. I, I, don't, I don't have one. And then this man said, you're right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you have had five husbands, and the man you are now living with is not your husband. What you have said is true. This man must have been a prophet, because this man just read my mail. He knew everything about me. And so I said, are you a prophet? Are you someone that knows everything about me? And you know what? He got a little too personal too quick. So I changed the subject to religion. I changed the subject to religion, and I said, Why has religion caused so much division? Why is Sunday morning the most divided hour? I didn't know what to do, so I changed the topic. And I did my best to shut this man down. And you know what he said? As I was saying these words, he began to nod. 
And I said, you know what? When the Messiah comes, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. He took a step closer and he said, my dear, my child, the one that is speaking, I am he. And all of a sudden, it's like the atmosphere just shifted. It's like my heart just shifted. It's like everything around me just shifted and changed. Because could this man that just read my mail be the Messiah? So what did I do? I left my water jar as I saw this group of men approaching me. They looked like they were with this guy. They kind of looked shocked. So I left my water jar And I ran back into town because I was so excited. I wanted to tell other people about this man that changed my life, about this man called Jesus. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your life-changing words. God, I ask that you would be with us this morning as we dig deeper into what your scripture says. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill? Would we walk out of Seco's Vineyard changed people, not because we muster up enough change, but because, God, you are powerful and you are mighty and you come in and you change us and you transform us. So, God, we love you and we worship you, and I pray all of this in Jesus' strong and mighty name. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Lauren. I'm one of the preachers here on the preaching team at the church. I'm really excited to be with you. And you're like, she's always excited. Yes. I'm always excited. I'm really stoked to be here with you guys this morning. Well, today we are launching a new series called Making My Life Count. All right. We'll be zoning in on kind of next steps on what it looks like to follow Jesus, how to get involved with kingdom matters and kingdom community. Um, So if you're looking for Pastor Tim... He's actually in Vine Kids right now. Talk about serving the church, right? Real practical. And what I love about Vine Kids is that is they're the next generation. And the next generation is the generation that's going to shape and change the world. And the next generation is going to be the generation that shapes and changes this church and this city and the people that live here. So if you're looking for Pastor Tim, that's where he is. Sorry, you got, you got me today. Well, the story that I just told you was a paraphrase of John chapter 4 in the Gospel of John. And I wanted to tell you that story from the woman's perspective because I wanted to show you the way that Jesus entered into her narrative. He entered into her narrative and he changed her story. He changed her story, which he took her change story to change an entire town's story. It's insane. It really is. So this morning, we'll be using that framework of John chapter 4, the woman at the well, to talk about storytelling and why our stories matter. So today, it's going to be like one giant inception of storytelling. Are we cool with that? Okay. When I think of storytelling, I think about my grandmother on my mom's side. Her name was Granny Dot. Now, Granny Dot was just adorable. And she told, her, she told some really good stories. But I think that's kind of where I get her kookiness and weirdness from. Because, like, some of her stories didn't always make that much sense. 
Have you ever been with someone and they told a story and uh, it really didn't make that much sense and it really wasn't as funny as they thought they were telling it? And their punchline is not actually like what happened in the story, but their punchline was like, oh, you had to have been there. And you're like, but I wasn't. I wasn't in that story. Well, in order to tell a story, you sort of have to experience it yourself, right? You have to experience it. And when you've experienced something awesome, what do you do? You want to talk about it. You want to go tell a neighbor. You want to go tell a friend. You want to share this experience with someone. So if you know me, you know that I love hummus. I love hummus. I love when I eat hummus with olives on top of the hummus, and then when they pour olive oil on top of the olives on top of the hummus. Are you guys hungry yet? (laughs) So let me tell you about this Mediterranean restaurant on the north end of the beach. All right, give me a moment. This Mediterranean restaurant is awesome, and they have like literally so many options of hummus. So when I go to this Mediterranean restaurant, I like to get the veggie sampler platter. Okay, so I have four options of any sides I want. So here's what I get. I get the original hummus, because you can't go wrong with the original hummus, amen? And I like to, you know, change it up a little bit, so I get the red pepper hummus. Okay, that's good, right? And then I'm like, all right, Lauren, you're being a little bit too basic, so let's change it up a little bit more. So then I get the cilantro hummus. And I have one more option left, and I've run out of hummus options, so what does a girl got to do? Well, she goes with baba ganoush. Did I say that right? You guys look confused. Okay, so (laughs) it's basically kind of like hummus, but it's ground eggplant. So it's similar consistency of hummus, but it's not but it is. You see what I'm saying? It's inception. Okay, I love hummus. Now, every time I get this veggie sampler platter, my husband Ryan is like, really, you got the baby food platter again? And I'm like, I'm like, boo, like this is not just a baby food platter. Like, you don't know the way the ground chickpeas have changed my life. I am only a hummus evangelical because of the way the ground chickpeas have totally changed me. I love hummus. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Jesus more than I love hummus, but I love hummus, all right? Now, in order to talk about what you love most, you sort of have to experience it. Ryan hasn't experienced the baby food platter. He hasn't experienced it, but I have. And that's why I'm a hummus evangelical today. So the Samaritan woman at the well, what really happened to her? What really happened to her that day at Jacob's well? Well, she had an undeniable experience. And that's your first fill-in, if you're tracking with me on your notes. She had an undeniable experience. Now, before we talk about this experience and encounter she had with Jesus we have to address some of the cultural oddities that are happening within the scripture. All right, so if you have your Bibles, you can pull those out. In verse 4, chapter 4, it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. It's like he had some sort of appointment with this woman 
at the well. Now, Jews and Samaritans, they didn't really get along. In fact, Jewish people despised Samaria, so much so that if they were going to take a trek from Jerusalem to Galilee, they would go all the way around Samaria. But you know, they could have just cut right through Samaria. But because they despised Samaria so much so, they didn't even want to get near it. So that's the context of what's happening. But Jesus, he had an appointment with this woman. And if I was one of Jesus' disciples, I would have been like, hey, Jesus, you dehydrated? You need a Gatorade? Because I'm not sure we need to be going through Samaria, right? I'd probably be a little nervous. But, you know, I'm not one of Jesus' disciples, amen? Amen. Well, actually, I am. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, well, let's chat about this woman. So this woman, she was at the well at the wrong part of the day. At the hottest part of the day. Scripture says noon. Why? Why was she there at the hottest part of the day? Well, she was trying to avoid the other women at the well. You see, the well in those days was sort of like the workplace coffee pot. You went to go yab about your kids. You went to go talk about your latest fad diet, right? You went to go talk about life. And and this woman was trying to avoid that entire communal experience. She, She wanted to not be a part of that. Why? Because she had a checkered past. She had a checkered past, which caused her to want to avoid any other women. Now, this woman, why did she have a checkered past? Well, she was a social and she was a moral outcast because scripture says she had had five husbands and the man that she was now living with was not her husband. Maybe that's where it gets a little sticky, right? Now, we don't know all the details of her side of the story, but we do know that her story was a deep mark of shame for her. She carried shame. She carried embarrassment. She carried this for a long time. Now, I too used to walk in deep shame, like this woman at the well. That's why I can relate to her so well. But you know what? Like, I think we all have stories like the woman at the well. We all are actually like her. Because we all have thirsts. We're all thirsty for something. Maybe we're chasing fame or success, love or purpose. We're all chasing after something. For me, Jesus showed up not at a well, but he showed up on the college campus for me. I didn't have five previous husbands, but I was a liar. I was a cheat. I was chasing vain success and popularity thinking that that would satisfy the deepest desires of my soul. And what's amazing about Jesus, what's amazing about Jesus is that he reaches in through any barrier that we put up. And that's what Jesus did with this woman at the well that day. He reached through the gender barrier. He reached through the racial barrier. He reached through the moral barrier. He reached right through those barriers. And he engages her. 
engages her with a thoughtful conversation about her life. And what Jesus is doing in this moment, he's embodying the gospel. He's embodying this free gift of the gospel, the good news that only he can offer, and it's satisfying. And the gospel is egalitarian, which means anyone can receive it. Amen? Anyone can receive it. So what really happened to the woman at the well that day? Well, she had an undeniable experience with Jesus. Jesus met her at the well that day, which led to your second fill-in. She had an undeniable effect, which caused a change which caused an impact. In her story, there's movement. In her story, there's change. I think verse 15 is really interesting. The whole go get your husband dialogue. Wow. She responds and then like she changes the topic. I mean, have you ever gone to a restaurant and you ordered, I don't know, a burrito bowl? And you're like, I'll also take a Diet Coke, please. And they're like, oh, go get your husband and come back. And you're like, I just want a Diet Coke, right? This woman was thirsty. She wanted water, but she changes the topic. And you know what? She deflects. Can someone say deflects? She deflects with a political and a theological issue. She totally deflects. And you know what, Jesus? I love Jesus because he's like, oh, you want to talk about temples? Let's talk about temples, I am the temple, right? I love Jesus. He's just incredible with his words. I mean, as Pastor Tim says, I mean, do y'all read this stuff? Like, it's good stuff. You guys need to pick up your Bible and read it. It's good stuff. That's my my favorite line of his. Do y'all read this stuff? Jesus is so patient with her, isn't he? He's just incredibly patient with this woman. And Jesus, he's incredibly patient with us. I know he's incredibly patient with me. You know, when we want to deflect or when we don't want to get too personal or when Jesus goes there, he's incredibly patient. And, you know, he tells her, he says, hey, This isn't just a physical water that I'm offering you. This is a living water, and I've got something that your soul needs that's just as satisfying as water on a hot, hot day. What is it? It's eternal life. It's the assurance of God's love. It's the assurance of God's pardon. It's the assurance of God's presence. I mean, when you have an undeniable experience or an encounter with Jesus, when you have that, I mean, it leads to an undeniable impact. And it leads to change. I mean, a technique can't really do that. Eventually, maybe, you could try. But a rule and a discipline might leave you thirstier than before. Jesus, he enters in and touches the messiest part of her story. And he says, this is the part that only I can heal. 
And he's saying, if you want this living water, you need to realize that you're already digging for it. You are already digging for living water and you're doing it through men. And if you want this living water, I can offer it. But he's saying you will find yourself thirstier and thirstier if you keep going after what does not satisfy you. I'm a part of the Seacoast Vineyard Young Professional Small Group. Oh, 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 oh. They're over there. Those are my people. But I'm a part of that small group. And what I love about the Young Professional Small Group is that most Monday evenings, since the fall, really, we've had someone share their story or someone share their testimony about the way that God has moved or changed or transformed their lives. And what I love about this Monday night small group is hearing each other's stories is that it gives us permission to speak into one another's lives now that trust is built. Because we thought, you know, if we really want to build a strong community, we have to know each other. We have to trust each other. And each story on Monday night that has been shared is uniquely different. No story has been the same. And I love that. I love that. Because your personality is different from my personality. Your skin color is different from my skin color. And, and God intentionally did that on purpose, for reason. He did that intentionally. I think oftentimes we think we have to have like this rock and roll testimony to share our story. And if you have bought into that lie that I don't have a story like so-and-so, so I can't share it, I just want to say today is the day that that changes. That that changes. Because isn't that the way the enemy likes to work? Oh, you don't have a story like so-and-so? Okay, so then I want to keep you quiet. Whoa! You don't have a story like so-and-so, so I'm going to keep your mouth shut. Wow. Isn't that the way that he likes to work? Not today, Satan. Not today. And if you have bought into that lie, today's the day that that changes for you. You know, my good friend once told me that those rock and roll stories, I mean, they're like my story. Those are powerful stories. But I think sometimes we focus on the symptoms of the stories and not the disease of the story. So for me, I had a problem with alcohol. That's the symptom of my story. But what's the disease of my story? Well, the disease of my story is that I had low self-esteem because of fatherhood issues. That's the disease. You see, I got involved with Jesus freshman year of college. I, don't, I got involved because I was at the lowest point of my life. And I had tried everything the world had to offer, and I was chasing after it. And yet I was still thirsty. In fact, I was dehydrated. And you know, I said, what if I tried this thing called faith back on? Maybe there's something there for me. And so I got involved in a small group Bible study 
And the people in this small group Bible study showed me the authentic love of Jesus. We read scripture together. That was weird. But we begin to explore what Jesus could look like in my life. And I remember reading scripture with them one day, and I remember God was inviting me and compelling me. And he said, daughter, prodigal daughter, come back home. And so I knew I'm kind of, you know, all or nothing, kind of intense sometimes. And so I said, if, Jesus, if I change my life around, like if I totally turn my life, like I'm walking this way, and then Jesus is like, girl, start walking this way, like I've got to give up everything. I said, you know, my 19th birthday's coming up, Jesus. I said, I want to throw one last rager, and then I'm going to follow Jesus. Like, I don't know if you can really make deals with God like that, and I don't know how theologically sound that is, but I was a freshman in college, okay? So I said, all right, Jesus, I'm going to throw this rager, and it's going to be awesome, and then I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm just going to walk with you. Okay, all right, so I don't remember much of my 19th birthday, but I do remember waking up the next day And I'm not even kidding. I felt like a different person. I remember reading scripture later that day and the words actually coming alive to me. It's like something supernatural happened to me overnight. It's like I went to sleep dead that night and I woke up alive. It's like baptism, right? You go under the water old and you come up new. And I experienced it on my 19th birthday. And I haven't looked back since. I've been running into town ever since. That was over eight years ago. I've been running into town since. And you know, I was so excited. I just started telling my friends, hey, I met this guy named Jesus. He's so cool. He changed my life. My friends were really wigged out. Like, it's like I, you know, it's like I went back to town and I was wearing an I Love Jesus t-shirt and they're like, wait, wait, I thought you loved Great Goose. Like, what's going on? That's vodka, for those of you that don't know. Okay, so they were just wigged out. They were so confused. But I had this undeniable enthusiasm because of my undeniable encounter and experience with Jesus and because of the change, the effect over my life. Your third feeling is that the woman at the well also had an undeniable enthusiasm. Picking up in verse 27, here's what happens. Just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Again, the disciples are so awkward sometimes. (laughs) Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. So this woman, who was like no longer enslaved by her shame, no longer enslaved by her embarrassment and the burden of sin that she carried, she went back into the town and she was empowered boldly by Jesus's words. And she says, come and see the man who changed my life. Come and see. So what does she do, y'all? She just tells her story. 
she just shares what happens. She tells her story of what Jesus did. And a few verses down, we read this in verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony or story. Because of her story. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and they stayed two days. Now that meant Jesus was probably using the Samaritans' utensils. Unheard of. But Jesus enters into their story. You see that? He enters into their story. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to this woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the savior of the world. Wow. She was once a moral and a social outcast. And now this entire town is like rallying around her. They believed, they got interested in him because of her words, her story. And they were able to meet Jesus for themselves. So guys, we, we don't have to talk anyone into believing. But you know what I can do? I can introduce them to the man that changed my life. I can introduce them to the man that transformed my heart. When Jesus changes your identity, when he changes the foundations of your heart, when he changes your self-image, you can't help. You can't help but go, and you can't help but tell. Jesus, he's not distant. He's not removed. He's nearby, and he's involved. He's here. And you know what? Some people need to hear that for the first time, just like the Samaritan woman. Your story goes beyond yourself. I mean, the story of the Samaritan woman has had ripple effects across the globe. Your story goes beyond just you. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So when I hear the word witness, I think of a courtroom. It's almost a brilliant picture of the way that Jesus is inviting us to be agents of change and transformation. So Jesus, he's not asking us to be the attorneys. He's not asking, asking us to argue the case. And he's also not asking us to be the judge, judging other people. He's asking us to be witnesses. Well, what does a witness do? A witness just says, here's what I've seen. Here's what I've heard. This is what has happened. He's calling us to be witnesses, to be witnesses of what God has done in our heart, in our life, and to go and tell, to go and tell. I love that. So friends, we don't have to hoard it. We don't have to keep it to ourselves. We don't have to do that. 
And maybe you're unsure how to get started. Like, how do I go tell my story? Well, I encourage you, get involved in a small group and share your story with the people that care about you most. Start practicing. And God will give you opportunities to share more. But we have to remember, that's kind of like a macro story. So the macro story is like ways that God changed you, maybe when you were five or in the surf scene like Pastor Tim or in a small group Bible study like me. But there's a lot of micro stories in there. I mean, two weeks ago, I was spending time with Jesus in my devotionals. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace. And Jesus said, it's going to be okay. Okay, that was, that was easy, right? It's a micro story. It's the way that God enters in and moves and shapes and changes and makes an impact in our life. Where have you had an undeniable experience? Have you encountered Jesus in this way? Has a change occurred in your life? Has there been an impact that has happened? The woman went into town because Jesus reached into her story. He reached into her story and her story, her new story, changed an entire town's narrative. That's insane. That's incredible. Your story goes beyond just you. It goes beyond you. I mean, this thing called following Jesus is literally awesome. It's awesome. And Jesus wants to maybe today rewrite your narrative. I want to close the message today. Bob, you can come on up. I want to close this message with a story about Jane the Uber driver. A few days before Billy Graham passed away, Ed Stetzer, who's an author and a speaker and a pastor, was heading to the airport. So he jumps into an Uber, and he met Jane. He saw that there was a Bible in the back of her Uber, and he could tell that Jane was guiding the conversation in a spiritual direction. And he disclosed to Jane, he said, hey, hey, I'm a Christian too. Where do you go to church? And they had a conversation. Well, he later interviewed Jane because she was using her ordinary Uber platform for extraordinary purposes. You see, Ed found out that she always has a Bible in the back of her Uber. She always leads the conversations to in a spiritual direction so that maybe she can lead them to Jesus. Or maybe she can offer a word of hope or encouragement. Well, after Billy Graham passed away, a reporter asked Ed, Ed, who's the next Billy Graham? And you know what Ed said? He said, Jane, the Uber driver. Right? Because Jane uses an ordinary platform for extraordinary purposes. She tells the story. 
the story of the way that Jesus entered her story, changed her story. And that story changes an entire town's story. So what platform are you using? I'm not talking about a mic and a stage, but where has God put you? Where has God placed you to tell your story, the story, his story? Where has God put you? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you this morning. God, I thank you for the way that you minister to us. I thank you for the way that your Holy Spirit is with us, moving, compelling, changing us. God, I know you want to do a good and a holy work this morning. I believe that you are actively here. So there are two groups of people that I believe there's an invitation for. The first group of people are for those that maybe have been at the well for a long time. Maybe you've been standing next to Jacob's well for a while. And you've been wanting this living water that will satisfy every part of your soul, but you're not really sure how to get started. Well, maybe today is the day that you say yes to the living water that Jesus offers. Maybe today is the day that you say yes to the soul-satisfying drink that you need for your soul. And if that's you today and you want to say yes to what Jesus is doing, and you want to say yes to this soul-satisfying water, I want you to put your hand boldly in the air because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we pray for these people that so desperately want a fresh drink of water. That God, that only your Holy Spirit can offer. God, so I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And God, I ask that you would pour out a newness and a freshness over them right now. And would we walk in joy and would we walk in the ability to see that, God, you are always working and you are always moving and changing. Thank you, God. The second group of people that I want to invite today are those that have been at the well. You've experienced Jesus. You've experienced change, but you're still at the well. You're still standing next to your water jar. Remember the woman left her water jar and she ran back into town. She went back into town 
And God used her narrative to change an entire town's narrative. And if that's you and you've been at the well and you're saying, yes, I want to go tell my story. I want to go tell the story of the way that Jesus changed my story. If that's you today, maybe today is the day that you begin sharing. You begin talking. You begin telling your story. So if that's you, would you lift your hands boldly and say, yes, Lauren, I need prayer so that I can go tell my story, whether it's the micro stories or the macro stories. Yes, that's right. I see you guys. I see you guys. I want to go tell my story. I want my story to be his story. I want my story to change people because of you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And so let me pray boldness over you. God, I ask that you would fan the flame into these individuals that raised their hands. God, you did not give them a spirit of fear. You gave them power and love and self-discipline. And so I pray that all over this space today. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.